Go Late Selects, brought to you by Sky. Watch new, exclusive, and unmissable content only on Sky. Go Loud! Go Loud! Hey, though. Yo. You know the way the World Cup's coming up in a month? Is it a mo- well, it's a little more than a month. But yes, d- December World Cup in, in the country that it shouldn't be in. Yes, I know about that. Did you know that Ireland is currently playing in the Rugby League World Cup? I've seen and heard something about this. What more can you tell us? Well, I'm going to tell you that the day that we're recording this, which is Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, we were playing against the Lebanon. Wow. I didn't know we've ever played the Lebanon in, in any manner of sport. We played the Lebanon in the Rugby League World Cup today and they fucking hammered us. Let's do it! Well, welcome once again to Go Loud Select slash Random Sports Updates, courtesy of Simon Delaney, Aiden Power, and indeed our producer, John Casey. Let's this- not forget, I know it's a Go Loud production, a Go Loud original, and it's also brought to you by the good people at... Sky. That is right. Yes, I was God getting I was getting distracted googling at the history of rugby league in Lebanon. Can you believe the Lebanon battle today? I can't believe that. I didn't I'm know still- they had a team. I'm still waiting for a punchline from you, to be honest. No. Um, oh, that's the punchline is the Jesus Baptist. Lebanon keeping it moving. This will be a try. And it goes to Eli El-Zakev. Anyway, nice well, uh, credit, credit tool at uh, the Lebanon. We won't take it away from them. So, yeah, Sky bring you this podcast uh, every week and they give us a recommendation every week for your delectation and uh, pleasure. My recommendation this week is, uh, is for you fashion lovers. All the fashion lovers, I think, ah. to the degree we all have to take some interest in our appearance at, at uh, various stages. Even if you're, you're a man who does take care of your appearance, I've never seen a man carry a cardigan quite as well as you. Well, maybe Val Dunigan, but you then, number two. I don't have as much opportunity these days. Maybe I will now with the winter setting in. I haven't oh, been sporting the cardigans as much as I used to every fucking weekend on the TV with you. And I was like, oh, which colour is it going to be today, Ado? Absolutely. And I always wanted the cardigan, but nowhere ever got me one. I tell a lie, I got one for Christmas, a Christmas thing, but it looked like someone had taken one of the curtains down out of the Abbey and just stitched it together. <laughs> <laughs> like a velvet-type smoking yeah, cardigan. Yeah, it was. And, yeah, honestly, well, I, could have, I could have wrapped my car in it. Carry on. This new Sky four-part series, which is called <clears throat> King of Dreams. It's a documentary yeah. series. Courtesy of two guys whose names um, don't roll off the tongue for me or indeed uh, pop any pictures into my head. But again, I'm not a fashion guru. So maybe people who are uh, a little bit more. Uh, is it hirsute? Is that the word? Or is that, that to do with your hair? Hirsute? No, that's fashion term. Fashion. Yeah, okay. okay. So Ian bon, Bonhote or Ian Bonhote and Peter. Oh, God, let me butcher this one. Et, Etidgui. Etidgui? Peter Etidgui. Wow. They're um well actually they're, they're more in to do with the uh, documentary mm-hmm. than they are with fashion but they made McQueen uh, Alexander McQueen famous right. fashion designer that will um that was a series and now they're back to do this Kingdom of Dreams and it focuses on the golden age of the fashion industry which you might suspect was in the forties or the fifties but it in fact was only in the eighties and early nineties that's when it considered uh, that it was in its its golden period. And well, that, and when you say golden period, that's when it kind of, everybody had Jace's notions in terms of shoulder pads and, you know, dynasty and all that kind of shit, was it? Yeah, I'm, I'm conjuring up images of Sue Ellen and uh, other ladies of that era or characters of that era whose names mm. are coming readily to me. Uh, and I'm also <laughs> just thinking of like fucking woolly jumpers and, and, and wide jeans. Maybe that was more nineties perhaps. So it's oh, about the creators and the, uh, as a, a favorite word of people in the business, the disruptors of the time that they look at the, uh, the four fashion kingdoms. Um, what are the four fashion kingdoms of the world, Simon? London, Paris, Milan, and New York. Spot on. Yeah. So we're going to focus on those particular places in this era of the 80s and the early 90s, the golden era. Mm. And it's a four part series. It started 
on Monday this week, the 24th, and you can see it on Sky. And uh, these programs are always interesting to, um, like, I really enjoyed it. I know it was, an, it was a movie. The Steve, um, Alan Partridge, Steve Coogan, your mate, uh, the one he did about Peter Green, who was the... Oh, I didn't see that. The high street guy with, uh, was it um, M&S or one of those, like, top, right, top shop, top man, top woman, those type of things. He, it's, it's loosely based on him now. It's a drama. Um, but it but it touches on fast fashion and the kind of the ills of the industry uh, as well. So, so this kind of takes a deep dive into how these empires were built, created, and then torn down, and how they tried to get it pull each other down, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, perhaps as well. And as also the, the hunt of the hunt for the next big thing, I suppose. Yes, and because it's a very uh, evolving industry, isn't it? Constantly, and you know, look at the clothes even we're wearing. In the last few years are probably quite different to what we were wearing five, six years ago. Do you ever get your old Facebook memories pop up and you're like, Jesus, white jeans, brown belt, brown shoes, shirt yeah. not tucked in. And we thought we were the fucking style. Yeah, the tide wouldn't take you out. Yeah, yeah. I remember it well. You wouldn't even get a gig as a back end performer for Nathan Carter dressed like that. Actually, you probably would, but that's not necessarily. You probably still would. Yeah, you'd want to look. So it's called Kingdom of Dreams. And if you like your fashion, uh, or you want to improve your fashion, maybe you learn a bit about this uh, on Sky this week. If you were not a world-famous model... I would have been a, quite a good nurse, I think. I would have been, like, taking care of soldiers. <laughs> Marvellous. So, how, how's everybody this week? We're recording this podcast uh, a little bit earlier than usual, not like 4 a.m. in the morning, but just maybe a day or two early. It's uh, Sunday evening, uh, as Simon, Tis, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday. Um, because your, your your filming schedule dictates that this week. How's it all going in Belfast? I ask you this every week, and you really don't give a lot away, but I'm going to persist with until until you crack. It's going very well. We're entering into week four uh, next week. Uh, we're coming. We're about halfway through now block one of three blocks that we're going to be shooting in. So uh, we're heading into a week of night shoots this week. So we'll be shooting until... Anywhere from one o'clock in the morning to three o'clock in the morning, most of the nights this week, which means you've a later kind of call time the next day, but then you're going right through the night. So I love night shoots. There's something kind of cool about it. That thing of, um, you know, being, being out working when everybody else is kind of asleep and what you're doing, what you're making. It's just, it's very, very cool. I love it. Plus they tend to give you chips. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep them happy, folks. You got yeah, happy. yeah, yeah. And I, I suppose don't... you do that at one or two a.m. as opposed to nine or ten when it is dark, also because there's less people around to get in your way. Well, exactly, yeah. And obviously, like you know, it, it works out this time of the year because it's dark from about what's five o'clock now, five fifteen, and then the clocks go back next week. So, yeah, Thanks for that reminder. Yes, they you're do. welcome. Yeah, we. So you normally shoot an eleven hour day. So if you start, if we have a call time at say one o'clock, the unit call is one o'clock. We'll shoot then till. Uh, midnight and what they'll do is they'll progress it then a week an hour each day so they might start that so say for example tomorrow monday we'd be unit call of four o'clock which means we shoot to 3 a.m the next day then we'll have a unit call at three o'clock so you shoot to 2 a.m so they pull it back then so friday you get somewhat of a reasonable finish do you know what i mean yeah 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 and they have you back on your your normal bedtime schedule by the weekend yeah exactly yeah 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 i'm up most of the night burp and anyway that's but that's the chips. That's what it does. Speaking of a man who's up uh, most nights these days, John <laughs> Boy, uh, daddy to uh, how many week old baby? He's coming on six weeks now, little Lenny. Uh, yeah, I'm. He's six ask. weeks old now, John. Is he in school yet? No. He, you'd think he is a bruiser. He's like busting out of his three month old. Excellent. Uh, that's what they want. Once they feed, they'll sleep, Johnny. That's the case. Huh? He, he'll, he'll be in school soon, the size of him. Um, but I meant to ask you, Simon, I know like you're obviously going to be on this uh, shoot now until the, in, into the new year. I imagine a lot of fast friendships made relatively, I won't say intense kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. You're up all, all hours making this, you're all trying to do your best work. Yeah. But then it kind of ends. Is it really strange when these kind of relationships are very much melded in the, in a few months and they're kind of cut yeah. off? Yeah, and that's kind of, that's kind of an, on, an ongoing gag that you have, particularly in the theatre world, because in the theatre world, you you know you you rehearse for a month then you you'll do a show be it for a month or three months or six months and the, you're seeing more of those people than you are your family and there's always the last night party and swapping numbers oh we'll meet in two weeks time and of course you never do and you drift apart and you see each other two years later on the next gig so yeah it is that strange thing of you're making a lot of new friends and um, 
a lot of the crew that I'm working with up in Belfast, I worked with before when I did a series up there called Pulling Moves for the BBC. And it's amazing to see them progress. Like there was a third AD on Pulling Moves, who was now our first AD. And, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the techie people are, are still there. But you do make new friends and then you become best pals for four months and then you probably won't see each other again for another couple of years. It's mad, actually. Mad. Mm. Yeah, it sounds strange. The idea that it's kind of a tense situation and just cut off and go <clears> on <throat> to the next thing, you know? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's it's full on, full on, full on, and then, <laughs> then it stops. You know, it's mad. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, something that is very much along those lines, probably about as intense a situation as you could get. And I, for one, kind of feel, I don't always feel this way, but my uh, license payer fee is being uh, used properly. And that was Special Forces. Oh, controversial. Well, shall we do it? Shall we do an episode of Live Line here? Good afternoon to you, caller. You want to complain about the national broadcaster? Come on, come on, come on. Is it my wage packet you have a problem with? Do you not know that we have three orchestras? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I we mean, can't fucking staff them either. <laughs> do you know how much a flute player gets three times a week in the national concert hall? Go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on, caller. Go on. I generally don't think that the license fee is used as I suppose as streamlined as perfectly as it could be. Uh, I prefer maybe some good new dramas as well. But look, a lot of the reality stuff, when it's done well, I think we do it very well. Uh, and it's that format stuff we do particularly well, which this is, I think it was in the UK initially. So what's the show you're talking about? An elite team of ex-Special Forces soldiers will push them to their physical and mental limits. They're not chopping out. Get it in the board, sir! Does anybody want to go home? With each recruit representing a charity of their choice, the stakes are high. The longer they last, the more they will raise for their worthy cause. It will be the ultimate test of strength, character and resilience. Welcome to Hell. 20 pseudo-celebs, some more well-known than others, some kind of influencers, some kind of ex-rubble players, athletes. Uh, all starting off from scratch, doing a week long kind of special forces training, which I imagine is about as intense as you're going to get. So that's very little sleep, uh, Simon. Your calorie intake is just cut uh, to the quick. Uh, and then you have these drill sergeants coming at you all hours and basically setting you very, very hard challenges. Um, obviously, very physically challenging, but mentally challenging also. And you're just trying to weed out the, the wheat from the chaff as the week goes on to see who would actually pass. And again, it's supposedly the standard they set, you know, who can pass uh, the training and uh, basically qualify for what would be, uh, I suppose, a legitimate spot in special forces. Um, I kind of waited to recommend it because I wanted to see if the finale was uh, befitting of the, the previous kind of four or five and? episodes. And it was. I really, wow. really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's, it's all well and good sitting uh, on your arse, Simon, with your cup of tea. Saying yeah. oh, even do that, I do that. I get no. I a hand on my heart. I can say of all the reality TV shows that I would ever be in consideration for, this is the one that they needn't bother ringing me for that. And I because I have a fear of heights. I'm not going on planes or helicopters. I can't swim. I've never gone camping in my life, so I don't do the outdoors. I'm about as fit as Elvis was three weeks into his <laughs> Vegas tour. Um, so to say that I'm not ready for a show like this is putting it fucking mildly. So no, I wouldn't be doing it. Okay, I think you might be one of the first. You might have hung on there. You never know. I think mentally, though, you'd be very strong, uh, Simon. So that oh, this, be, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I Mentally, I'd, I'd fucking walk it. But as soon yes. as you fucking stand me on a cliff and send me to walk down the mountain, I'd tell you to go and ask me bollocks and go back and say, where's the tour to Mizzou? Uh, and you wouldn't want to uh, tell these drill sergeants to ask your bollocks. Uh, they're very, ah, severe, very severe individuals. I think, Simon, uh, <laughs> sorry, Aiden, you were watching as well, and you kind of probably got a lot out of it. So I've, I've a great interest in this show, and I've watched. I love the UK version of Aiden. Yeah, I've, I've watched the Irish it. version. I've watched the Australian version. Uh, I've watched the UK version, which has made uh, celebrities of the DSs, as they're called, the drill yeah, sergeants. One, one guy show. in particular, uh, Ant Middleton is his name. He's written mm-hmm. a load of abukes, and there's a few other buckos from that one who've uh, mm-hmm. gone on to be very successful as kind of, you know, life coaches and motivators and things like that. So, John, I'm a big fan of this show, mm-hmm. and I've been asked more than once to appear on it. I have. Have you? I'm going to do it. Why I have not? said I have said no twice. The first time, well, firstly, I'd say I would 
there's a part of me that would absolutely love to do it because like you, John, I sit on the couch and I did for the last eight or nine weeks watching, watching the, the latest run, which was terrific, by the way. And I thought, yeah, next time I, 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 I can do that. And then you're going, really, could you? And as some of the maybe in, in the show said, they were like, Jesus, you know, you sit at home watching this going, yeah, give me a crack at that. And it's just a hundred times harder in reality. So hey, no, please do. If they ask again, I'd love to see it on it. To watch me suffer. And no, I know because I, I think you're, I, I don't know think you're, you're, I honestly don't think I pass it. I think, and it would be the, I think it would be the physical aspect of it that actually, and the lack of sleep, which I couldn't hack. And then also, um, I don't think I would take to the authority of it too well. So my yeah, dad, that's, that'd make, that's all ingredients for fucking great television. That's why you, you'd be perfect for the show. You know, Simon, when I was a young fella for, for a, a lot of my young life, I thought I was destined to end up in the defense forces because really? my, my dad yeah. spent his entire life in the Navy, spent 40 something years in the Navy. And I was very attracted to that and also to the army. And I was going to apply for the army cadets and I didn't meet, <laughs> I didn't meet the height requirement. <laughs> ah, sure. You should have worn bigger shoes. I think is, I think at this, this day and age, I don't think you're allowed to have that anymore, but certainly uh, when I was, when I was coming up, uh, leaving school and that, that was. Uh, you should have strapped on your Herman Monsters and walked in there with your chest out and said, right, measure me now. <laughs> I could have been on your shoulders with a long fucking coat. Yeah, we could have done that. But no, it's more, it's more, uh, as well as that, that was one reason I didn't do it. But I think it was more, I was like, some fucker boots me out of bed at 4 a.m. and telling me my shoes aren't polished to to the ridiculous standards that, that, that you have to polish your shoes in the military. I'd tell him to go and fuck himself. I couldn't take the authority of it. I just oh, think I'd, I'd love to see him doing it. I really <laughs> wouldn't, you, John. They, yeah, and they'd sniff you out, Aiden. they see if you even just like the sideways glance, they'll be in your face. There was a guy in it, uh, I won't I remember his name, but he, he didn't last very long. And then he arrived with like sunglasses and like colognes and fucking fancy, ridiculous uh, clobber in his bag. Give them any, but, uh, you don't want to stand out in any way. But for, that's for why he was him. asked. They don't want people are going to rock up there and go, I'm ready for this. They want people are, they want to see that change. I think it's fantastic television. I have to be honest, I watched the, the SAS version, the Channel 4 version, and I watched it with my two eldest boys, Elliot and Cameron. And I, you know, it's probably not right for their age group of 16 and 14, but I think there's some incredible life lessons in there because mm. the, the, the British version, where they're not celebs, I don't watch the celeb versions the stories of these people, the reasons they're in there, the things they're coming back from, whether yeah. they were abused as kids, whether they were in the prison system, whether they were uh, addiction, they were suffering through addictions, whether they were, for whatever reason, I think it's so, they're such great life lessons. And I think, I, I hope that transfers into the Irish, I've never seen it. And I've got a couple of friends who've done it and they've said, my Jesus, it's tough. It does yeah. definitely. And even with the celebrity ones, and you know, they're they're fairly quickly maybe broken is, is is the appropriate word. And they do re- reveal themselves as to what's going on in their life. I mean, there was one or two in that particular series on RT, well-known people who reveal very personal things about them, broken wow. down marriages and things like that. And, and really what it comes down to for a lot of them, and there's some ex-sports people in there who've achieved great, great things, but they're all, you know, still fighting inner demons and self-doubt. And really it's 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 about testing yourself. yourself. But for some, it's, it's maybe proving to yourself that you do have a... An inner strength, and it is really more of a mental strength than than a physical one. But it's mm. it's excellent TV, and I think what yeah. we see, John and and Simon, is you know it it does only take it's filmed over like four days. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's about a month, and we're probably oh, still only seeing ten yeah. percent of of, uh, of what goes on. I know a number of people who have taken part in it, and a, a number of the people who were in that particular series. And they said, yeah, you, you don't see the fucking half of it. And there's no let up in it. There's no, okay, cut the cameras now. Everyone here's a McDonald's, relax, get eight hours. Yeah. It is legit in, in terms of how they test them. Because they're trying to give you the real experience. Well, yeah, a, 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 yeah, a shortened version of it, but definitely yeah. a version of it. I mean, yeah, some of the stuff, you know, and abseiling off buildings, jumping out of helicopters, swimming, and then just the, the endurance of it and the, the exhaustion of it and the repetition of physical drills. It really is just to... To break you in a way, so you would become um, not a robot, but I mean a better person. Perhaps, yeah. I think ultimately that's what a lot of them a take better away. Killer. A better, yeah, a trained, a trained killer. I mean, the Rangers, which the, uh, is is what we have here in Ireland, the Irish Ranger Wing. Um, they fascinate me um, because they are a small but very elite group of uh, highly trained. Uh, military people and there's kind of an Olympic Games that takes part at place maybe it's an annual thing or every few years where all the world's different special forces the SAS the Navy SEALs 
whatever you have going on over in Israel or Germany, they all take part in military exercises. And more times than not, lads, over the years, we have come out either on top or very close to the top. Mm. So you might think for a country of our size with a very underfunded mm. uh, defence forces that we're literally going around with hurls and not much else to defend ourselves. But our special forces are very fucking elite and very good at what they do. And it's all very secretive. And that makes it really fucking interesting and exciting wow. to me to find out more. And a man who was integral to the setting up of them, I think this is public knowledge. It must be if I know it, uh, was the father of a very famous Irish rugby player. Any guesses? Keith Earls. No, but of that, I know Keith Earls is still playing, but he would have uh, been of that era. Wouldn't played for the same province. I'll just tell you, it's Jamie Heaslip. Jamie Heaslip's yeah. father. Wow, really? Yeah, he was very involved with the, the setting up of our uh, Ranger wing. Yeah. Um, Great recommendation, JC. And also, if people do want to dive into it, I know the whole back catalogue of the, the British version of the show, Channel 4, is on the Channel 4 player, so you'll get all that there. The Irish one's available on the RT player. It is. Um, and then just very quickly, just I know when you were talking about Aiden, the, peop, the the points where they, they break them, mm. just one specific one, it was like episode three or four, they'd been like basically fighting each other in the mud for like five hours in the freezing cold. They got into bed, they were shattered. And it just shows you the time changing by 42 minutes. And then they come in with the pots and pans to wake them up again, to go, to go out and get into a pipe, basically the size of them and maybe an inch or two either side to get into a pipe and wriggle their way along like 50 meters of a pipe. Incredible television. Yeah. So, I'm, really, I'm really having a panic attack just watching <clears throat> that, that enclosed space that again would be one of the many the many things that I'd say. No, again, yeah. another reason why I'm not doing it. But thank you for the record, John. The failure rate for this course is 90%. This can get real hard, real shitty, very quickly. So we're, we're up again it this week, Simon. You are, you're doing a Ronaldo and you want to leave early, is that right? <laughs> I've got to shoot you to catch the Belfast. But listen, we will take our time. This man deserves more time than most people who walk this planet. Bring him in, Ado. Wow, I can't, I can't better that. He That's is a lot now. Come on, now. there you go. He's like, don't bother introduce me. It's Brian. I mean, Lloyd. every word of it, Brian. I would just stop now. Would you it is stop? Brian, isn't it? He walks. <laughs> <laughs> he walks amongst us. He speaks amongst us, Mister yes, Lloyd from Entertainment.ie. Welcome once again, Brian. How are you, pal? Good, good, good. good. Hi, Brian. You had a nice uh, sojourn to Venice recently. To Venezia, yeah. Sorry I couldn't ah. make the recording last week, but uh, I was too busy stuffing me face with calzone. Oh, and, um, Did you bring us anything back, more importantly? <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I only brought you back my good cheer. My good cheer and my and my presence. Not even one miserable poxy cannoli, no? But you know what? I'll tell you something. And <laughs> yeah. you, it's, I tell you, Venice ain't cheap. I'll tell I you know that. that. But we're worth it, Brian. Well, I mean, you know, actually, funny, another point as well, cannolis... Kind of overrated, I have to say. Kind of and overrated. I'm taking back everything I said about you three fucking minutes ago. Cannolis yeah, are overrated. Yeah. <laughs> now, I will say the uh, the food, fantastic. But oh, the pastries yeah. and the cannolis and no, couldn't get into it. I thought the cannolis were too sweet. Every time I was biting into them, it was just like it was biting into pure sugar. I don't what, about, what about tiramisu? Oh, God, no. Don't turn me on. No, do tiramisu. Turn me on. Carry on. Terrific. Yeah, because oh, yeah, I go, love... Yeah a good term and like it's got to be like almost like it, it's got well it has to be bitter you know what i mean has to no, be really no, no, bitter, no 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 that's to nearly get you drunk it has so much yeah rum yeah oh yeah okay now with all that uh salivatory chat brian what's in the movies this week well i think we all know what it is because there's so much uh talk dare i say hype about it does it justify it all the banshees of inisherin if i've done something to you just tell me what I've done to you. And if I've said something to you, maybe I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it, but I don't think I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it. But if I did, then tell me what it was. And I'll say sorry for that too, Colin. With all my heart, I'll say sorry. Just stop running away from me like some fool of a moody schoolchild. But you didn't say anything to me. And you didn't do anything to me. Well, that's what I was thinking, like. I just don't like you no more. Yeah, so uh, this is interesting. Um, and I'm surprised more people haven't been kind of talking about it a little bit, but I was hoping we could kind of talk about it here. That's why we're here, Bri. But, uh, yeah, this is, and actually, Simon, you of all people, I would love to get your take on this, right? Carry on. 
because I've done, I've done, I've, I've, I've done a bit of radio talking about this film, and it's happened a few times now where both in both instances there was a kind of question of is this not a little bit diddly eye? Is this oh. not a little bit kind of like hmm? Because I mean, you know, like obviously you have stuff like the you know the play like um the playboy of the western world uh-huh. john b Keane, and there's always an element of like uh, are they kind of making fun of us and you know it's not on the same level as wild mountain time or anything like that clearly not yeah it's not normal i don't care he'll never marry well then neither will i and he will be in his house and i'll be in mine rosemary be quick i need to pee it was something that i kind of initially felt when I was watching it. And the only thing that was kind of stopping me from, I suppose, pulling on that thread any further was the fact that it was Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. And Brendan Gleeson in particular, I know, I, I interviewed him once for this film years ago. It was a film about Newfoundlanders or something like that. I can't fucking remember the name of it. It wasn't terribly good. He was good in it. And I had put the question to him, about Irish identity on screen. And he gave a very, very thoughtful answer about Paddy Wackery, that there is a sort of a kind of uh, a thing with American audiences, or at least with American productions, that Irish characters are generally, especially it's, you know, in the 1920s and 30s when this film is set, that there's a kind of a parochialism, if you know what I mean, about it. That can be a little bit off-putting for Irish audiences, and especially when, you know, it can be misconstrued as being very, like, patness on the head and not sure Jesus aren't be very kind of um, quaint and, and what have you, you know? And I... I, I I did feel it as I was watching it, but I kind of put it to one side. It was like, no, 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 I don't think that's necessarily the case here. Because again, Brendan Gleeson is so good and it. Colin Farrell is so good and it. Kerry Condon is so good in it. Yeah. And it's set in the 1920s on, 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 on the, you know, off the coast, the west coast of Ireland. And people did, t- did talk like this. Do you know that sort of way? So yeah. how much of it is diddly eye? How much of it is our own kind of sensitivity to it and how much of it is just maybe Martin McDonough kind of well I was going to say that I mean let's talk about Martin McDonough because these his body of work is set in this you know this realm which which is look clearly obviously it's a fictional realm but yeah he's basing it on something but because it's fictional is he is he gilding the lily a bit when it comes yes. to the, the Irish stuff? Now, which yes. which is on purpose. Maybe that's the author's choice. Yeah. And, and maybe then when you throw a director on top of that, you know, who might push it a little bit further down the road. I mean, if you come to a fork in the road and you've got wild, whatever the fuck it was called on the left. I need to pee. And, you know, sanity on the right. Is it veering down the left fork of the road a bit? Or do we forgive it because... Do we forgive all of that though, Brian? Because he is such a well-respected writer, a director, you know, and creator. Um, do we forgive all that? Do we overlook that? Exactly, and as well, the, and and that's the that's what I kind of that was the that was what I took with it was, okay, yeah. I'm going to forgive all this because you have this cast of people who are obviously very fucking smart and are not going to put themselves no. in a situation where they're going to be a figure of fun no. and. You know, like it's it's a very dark film. I'm not <clears> saying it's all like you know, dancing at the crossroads, comely maidens yeah. kind of stuff. It's not that. Like it's it's a very very dark film, and it has a lot of hard things to say about the Irish identity. You know, the idea of like we will literally fight with anyone <laughs> because you know we are just a kind of a warlike people, really. Like that, we will argue with anyone, we'll fight with anyone. And we don't really need a good excuse to do it. And maybe that's not even something necessarily Irish. That's just a human condition, you know? I think people going into it expecting it to be another imbruge are going to be in for a big disappointment because it's not that at all. I saw someone tweeting last week, an American tweeting that they were looking forward to going to see the sequel to Imbruge. Yeah, it's not that. Like, it's- <laughs> Well, if anything, Brian, is it in terms of the storyline, is it, um, and I'm kind of quoting Colin Farrell, I was watching him and Brendan Gleeson on one of the dozens of talk shows they've been doing to promote this movie. I think it was Seth, Seth Myers, And he said it's, you know, in, in Bruges is actually a, 
almost a love story between the two characters mm. who become yeah. really good friends and, and want to save each other by the end. Whereas this is the, is the opposite. It's the dissolution um, of, of a friendship. Yeah. Um, so it, it, even in storyline, it's opposite. In what other ways is it uh, differing to in Bruce, um, notwithstanding the fact you have the same actors and the same director? Well, like, I mean, in Bruce, I think is kind of, yeah, you kind of said it there yourself. Like it, it's kind of coming up the hill and it's positive, you know, that sort of way. Like he, he has the relationship with um, is it Melanie Laurent? I think is her name. Um, mm. Yeah, is it Melanie? Laurent? Yeah, I want to say it's Melanie. Daughter Laurent. of Eve Saint. Maybe is no, it? Should, no, I made it up. I made it up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, in in Bruges, like it's it's sort of it's 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 very, you know, relationships are being formed. It's, it feels more kind of positive and it's a bit more jovial if you know that kind of way it's a bit more kind of there's a bit more joy in it it's a bit more leaning towards comedy whereas banshees of inning sharon i think is leaning more towards kind of it, it, it's funny but it's almost funny in spite of itself now do you know that kind of way but listen you said it, it ain't it ain't in bruges well look they're different characters it's a different setting it's a different yeah. time, it's a different time setting but is it as good? I would say it is, yes. Wow. I think Brendan okay. Gleeson is great. great. That's great to hear, by the way. Yeah, I would I would say it's just, it's as good as in Bruges. It's just very different from in Bruges. Now do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Brendan Gleeson, terrific in it. Interesting, because a lot of people in terms of uh, Oscar talk are talking about Colin Farrell, not Brendan. That's because they want to see him in a tux. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very, very true. And I think it's interesting because like Brendan Gleeson in this, um, you know, I've never seen an actor play despair and kind of like darkness, inner darkness in such mm-hmm. a way that he does it. Like it's very, you can really, when you watch him, like he's really just like carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. And he kind of did that a little bit in Calvary. Um, that one with John Michael McDonough, the one where he was the priest, which I thought yeah. was brilliant. But in this, it's very, it's all behind the eyes, you know, that sort of way. He's, and the whole point of this film is that we don't know why he's carrying it, why the relationship was broken down, but we obviously find out in the movie. That's just actually it, though. You don't. Yeah. I yeah. think that's... Oh, and you I don't. Think, yeah, and I think that's really interesting. I might be giving this a bit away now, but like the whole thing of it is, is that he wants to focus on his music and he's just kind of, fed up with the kind of trite conversations that he keeps having with Colin Farrell's character. And he's just like, I've had enough. And he says, like, I want to make something that will last. And I want to complete this piece of music, which is where the title of the film comes from. It's called The Banshees of Inishir. And Colin Farrell's character confronts him and he's all like, you know, you know, you're just being a you're just being a prick, basically. But you think this is going to make you into a great person. Well, I am a good person. And I'll be remembered by the people who matter in my life. So it's really kind of a question of, is it better to be remembered as a good person or is it better to be remembered as a great person, but you're a terrible person? Now do you know that kind of way? As in mm-hmm. like what the sort of the, the, the clash between being a good person, being a balanced person, being loved by your family, or you're remembered by everyone and you've created something of a lasting legacy but you're a complete prick mm. which again is very again to ponder really isn't it yeah i've yeah. Um, heard brian did it have this effect on you and maybe this is just part of the the marketing plug of it all and or ploy of it all that they're saying it does cause people to reflect on their own lives very individually yeah about and in very in their own unique ways about the separation of a relationship the loss of a relationship and things to that effect did it did it have that effect on you definitely yeah and i think this is it i think the three of us would come away from this in a very very different way because like you know the two yous are act well simon you're an actor aiden you've done acting i'm a chancer i've yeah, never done acting like, you know what i mean like you're a broadcaster and you're you know and all the rest of it and you're a producer and everything simon you're an actor and you're a director and you've written and blah blah blah, blah. and me myself like i've tried to write fucking short stories and all the rest of it and I've put it aside because I'm like, well, you know, I want to spend more time with the people I love and, you know, rather than locking myself in a room for three weeks to try bang out a story that'll probably come out shit, like, you know. And yeah, it does. I mean, it's a very ponderous film, I would say. That's the thing I would think about it compared that would be different to In Bruges is that 
it's a very it's a very thought provoking film, and it kind of creeps up in you in, in in that regard. Like you don't necessarily go into it thinking that you're going to be grappling with these kind of deep ideas, but you do. And um, I have a feeling that myself and Ada weren't going to be left with a lot of Chowdhury Orange segments here this week. Oh no, I really like that. I That's what oh, I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 you're no, going to take them away. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't get that. Yeah, you forgot how it worked after thirty episodes. You'd think you'd fucking remember. You'd think, wouldn't I? Like, yeah, you you would yeah. think. Like, I mean, but there it's you almost go. like you weren't interested or something. I don't know. I can't. Ah, no, come on, don't say that. <laughs> come on, don't say that. I'm joking, Brian. I love you. I love you more than yep than Farrell loved the fiddle player. After the Jesus and be God, are you gonna go and raise us? Yeah, I mean, I would go. I would give this a solid. Oh shit! This fucking rating system. Is this going to be your highest score ever, Brian? No, well, like it's 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 like four out of five, so that's fifteen <clears> out of twenty, isn't it? I think you need to nudge it a bit because you've given is, some yeah. other movies fifteen, haven't you? Okay, right. Well, okay, I'll go because I've have so many slices. I'll give this a solid seventeen out of twenty. There we go. Wow. There and I'll tell goes. you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll take the three pieces off. Yeah. I'll take one piece away. Because Kerry Condon was brilliant in it and she should yeah. have had more screen time in it. Yeah. I'll take the second piece away because I thought Barry Keoghan uh, was a pain in me, pain in me ring in this film. Now, I know his character is meant to be annoying, but it worked. It, it worked too well. You're still bad, Dominic. Out. You said bad until April. Well, what do we know? April. Well, put that stick outside anyways and don't be bothering the women. There's women. And good ones. He was a pain in me ring and his character wasn't terribly interesting. And then I'll take the third piece away um, because... I wasn't in it. You weren't in it. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's an important question, Simon. Why weren't you in it? I have no idea. I have no idea. And I, do you know something? There was a I mean, role in it. Pat Short and John Kenny are in it, aren't they, Brian? That's very true, yeah. I'm not and comparing them, them, by the way, Simon. Just, just, I think that's worth stating. But there is a, a wider cast of other Irish uh, heads. Yeah, definitely. And like I, I was thinking there was one role in it that I was like, you, you Simon, should have fucking got that. And you would have been brilliant. I'd say you would have been, I'd say you would have been great at it. Now, not to say, not to take away from Gary Lydon either, but he's a complete shit. Oh, and, dear. And I was watching, I was like, I bet Simon, I bet you, no, 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 I, 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 I mean this with, I mean this with the greatest respect, but I could see you playing a complete bastard and oh, doing it really, go. really well. Interesting. Interesting. And I'll tell you why. No, no, no. I'll is that in your why. range, Simon? Bastard? Is that one of your character descriptions? Well, well who's not to say I'm not currently t- doing that at the moment? Ooh. Well, you're a very nice Ooh. bastard, I'd say. But well, no, but that's true. But I know, I know that like there's a lot of actors that like I, I talk about this, and I'd be curious to know what you think about this. But like they actually say, I love playing a complete bastard because. Oh, absolutely! In- I, there's no doubt about it. I would love to play the utter bastard in a series, just just to go down that road. I mean, I played a couple of roles that weren't very likable people on stage before, but I'd mm. say, love to have a go at that on screen. You know? Yeah. Exercise yeah. your bastardness, Simon. I'm 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 so um slow today. You meant that you possibly are playing a bastard character in this current sh- show you're shooting in Belfast, not as quite, in yourself quite today. Quite possibly, uh, dear boy. Yes. Uh, that was mm. that was a big clue dropped right there that I totally missed. Because <laughs> he won't, he's he's very he's keeping this all very close to his chest, Brian, as to what he's what he's up to in Belfast. And because I'll tell you, I haven't watched the, I haven't watched the Stanley Tucci show yet. I am going to watch it because I know oh, you're in yeah. it. Well, like that's a terrific scene that he's in, Brian. Don't terrific. go to the toilet within the first 15 minutes of episode one or you will miss me. Okay. But you had that scene with Stanley Tucci. Like, it was really cool. Like, I saw it. Like, very, very cool. Very cool. cool. Very cool. Um, listen, you've only left us with three pieces of chocolate orange because you've given 17 to Gleason, Farrell, et al. Uh, that sounds like it's definitely worth going to see, Brian. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's worth a watch. All right, lads, did we find out what the final piece was getting taken away from? Oh, yeah, no. We didn't... Bastards and cops and all sorts. No, no, seriously, Simon, you should have been in it. You oh, that was it, okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I think that should be a score uh, that we uh, we deduct an automatic mark every week about that in this thing. <laughs> so it's out of 19 from now on, right? 
Well, let's admit that. That's uh, agreed. New rule, Brian. New rule. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dock a, a, a slice of. Oh, it. <laughs> right away, it's like, no, nah, one, that's that, that's that's gone in the bin right now. Same so, if, you, if, ever you give one, if ever you give one uh, something 19, you meet somebody in that show and they go, why the fuck can we not give you? Why don't you give us 20? And you now, go, here's the thing if you are in it, it oh, automatically yeah. gets five. There you go. Jesus, right? That's a note to casting directors out there. If you want to be on this sliding scale of chocolate oranges, it's like being on the chase. You get five steps start if I'm in it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You get a five. Yeah, that's it. You get a five. Yeah, five piece head start. Simon's only thing gets work. You get a five piece head start. In my view, that's it already. And I'll give you ten percent of those five pieces. And I love. I, I look forward to the conversation that you have with your agent, who's like, Simon, are, are you drinking? <laughs> yeah. are you okay, mate? Is everything all right, Rich? Have you gone crazy? Oh, Brian, a pleasure and an education as always, buddy. Thanks, pal. No worries. I need to pee. Right there, he goes off into the sunset with uh, three of our segments of chocolate orange left here between us because he gave that movie seventeen, which I think is the highest uh, rated movie he's done so far on this series. Uh, Johnny, Aiden, cue the sexy music. It's quiz time. Right, boys. Aiden, hey, no, you're up first this week. As the, as the losing contestant from last week. Okay. Yeah, you, you are 1 0 down to JC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden, your first question this week. Are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> no. The long running ITV police drama, The Bill, oh, yeah. was set in which fictional suburb? Oh, great question. Oh, man, I have very fond memories of watching The Bill. I think you could watch it twice a day like neighbours, could you? Just think <laughs> of the police station. I'm, well, I can just picture the feet walking down the cobbles. Reg, PC Stamp. Uh, oh, God, um, Jesus, you've got me there. No, Wentworth, that's... Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Sun Hill, Sun Hill, Sun Hill Police Station. Is the right answer. Hey, Sorry no. for saying it three times. I just got very excited. It just popped into my head. Yes. You were very excited. Right? He, he, he has streaked into a lead. JC, are you ready? I was uh, dying to jump on that one there, Sun Hill. I know you were. Had it. Okay, yeah. here we go. Uh, in May 2004, The Brilliant Friends ended after how many seasons? 11. He was straight in with that, wasn't he? He was straight in with 11. Shed it with conviction. And he's wrong. Wow. Taking a Frasier. No. Now, Ado, you can steal a point here, kiddo. I can, yeah. I, I've, a lot of people over over my lifetime go, what, you don't watch Friends? No, I don't. Never did. Um, I'll, I'll pick a random number. I know it was on forever, so I'll say 21. Seasons? <laughs> yeah. I would have made it was on since the late 70s, you plank. Um, no, it's 10. 10 seasons. 10 seasons. I knew that! Rachel, use your head! So like 10 years, 20, 20 years. Anyway, anyway. Edo, Edo, you streaked into a lead. Johnny fell flat at the first hurdle. Uh, Edo, question number two. Which member of the Beatles narrated the first series of Thomas the Tank Engine on TV? Ringo Starr. Again, said with a lot of confidence and it's well-based because he's right. Two for two. Johnny? Oh, he's, he's caving my skull in here. i got to get my... <clears throat> Are you ready, brother? I think you'll get this one. Okay. What was the first full programme to be shown on the afternoon of its launch in 1982 on Channel 4? I'm going to see Countdown. Again, no hesitation, straight in. The answer is... Countdown. He's Not right. Down. Well he's, he's back in the game. Edo, question number three. Are you standing by? I'm sitting by. In 1995, more than 22 million people tuned in to see a special BBC Panorama interview with Princess Diana. Mm -hmm. Which journalist conducted the interview? Martin Bashir. Which he had to come out, didn't he, in the recent years and basically say they kind of made shit up. Oh, absolutely. We could do an episode on that completely. Uh, Johnny, you need this one. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. All right, the following people have all presented which TV show? Hmm. Jim Davison, Mel and Sue, Bruce Forsyth. The Generation Game? <laughs> Is the right answer, son? Yeah, yeah. Mel and Sue? That's... Mel and Sue, and of course, Larry Grayson. 
Yeah. Right. Only two questions left. Ado, you're two points ahead. Here you go. You ready, kiddo? Yep. In which fictional town, Aiden, was the sitcom Dad's Army set? I'm not going to know this one, so I won't waste your time. John, take it away. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm just going to guess. Uh, Toxbury? <laughs> it, was a tri- it was a hard question. Walmington on Sea was the question. Uh, okay. Right, JC, you have a chance to draw to the level going into the last round. Are you ready, dear boy? Go on ahead. <laughs> Which TV theme tune begins with the words... You know we belong together. Home and away. Open goal. He should. Oh. He's gone. It's the right answer. So it's all square. Edo going into the last round. Have, have you ever been at a party, lads, or, or, or on a bus with mates and someone just randomly, spontaneously breaks out? Singing the home home and away theme tune and everyone joins in. It's no, great we fun. don't we don't do that on buses in the north side. Ada, we just get on with our lives. You know what I mean? Closer each day, home and away. <laughs> You're missing out. Okay, here we go. I gotta I gotta get this to, to maintain. Gotta get this. Now, I can't remember. I'm looking at the question. I can't remember if you've watched this series or not. Because if you have watched it, you should get it. And I I don't know whether you have or not. Okay, let's find out. What is the capital of Westeros in Game of Thrones? Couldn't give a flying fuck. Um, the capital of Westeros would be uh, Westeros Central. I have no idea. John, I know you're going to get this. It's a long answer. Johnny, do you know it? I don't know. Um, oh, maybe I do know. Westeros Town? <laughs> Westerosville? Yeah, Westeros Westeros City? It's called King's Landing. Of course it is, yeah. So, JC, you have this question to win it to take the spoils. You ready, brother? Uh, yes, go on ahead. Oh, this is an absolute pig of a question. But, Johnny, I have faith in you, brother. It means it's really easy. No, it's not. Which well-known Welsh village was the primary set for the 1960s TV show, The Prisoner? Yeah, uh, a show I've watched and enjoyed. That's what I thought. Years. This is to win it. Oh, don't you worry. That music's going up and down in the background. The tension's incredible. And Ado, if he gets it wrong, you get a chance to steal a point and win this thing. Johnny, I'll, I'll have to push you. Here. I'm trying to blank. catch the bell fast. I'm going to have to pass. I'm sorry. Total blank. Ado, Ado for the title. The name of the, the place? The village is? Okay, this might sound crazy, but I'm going to say it's just called the village. Ado. The answer was Port Marion. We're going to a tiebreaker. Ado, oh. your tiebreaker question. Are you ready, brother? Shit, maybe I was thinking of a different show. Okay, go ahead. You completely were. Uh, which cold feet character died in a shock car crash? In real life or in the show? Oh, Jesus. Which cold feet yeah. character? Oh, yeah. So I, I remember any of the characters' names? And who no, I know I know Jimmy Nesbitt was in it. I used to live around the corner from Jimmy Nesbitt in London, or you could say he lived around the corner from me. And I uh, used to see him driving in his car to Sainsbury's. And uh, he lo- no, I won't actually say it. Anyway, um, he, uh, James Nesbitt's character. <laughs> That's all I got. Is the, uh, do you want to have a steal here, Johnny? No, I do. The, the character was called Rachel. Jesus Christ. Oh. Right. This is it, Johnny. To go two nil up in the longest run of things. Which of these actors has not appeared? Not appeared in the Vicar Sorry, of Dibley. I, I actually have to pee. I'll be back in two seconds, right? Two seconds. Can you believe he's doing that? More attention, more attention. In the history of television, television radio, and podcast quizzes, has a contestant ever in the middle of it at the at the crucial moment, the climax question? Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just stop you there. Can you imagine on Mastermind, in the final of Mastermind, your specialised subject was uh, the life and times of Val Dunican. You need one more question to win the title after six weeks. And they ask you uh, the question. uh, Val only sat in a specially engineered type of chair. Who were the makers of that chair? And he says, I need to go for a piss. 
We're making history here, Ado. I can't imagine that. I mean, you know, we're gonna we're just gonna <clears> keep talking until uh, John returns, so then we'll know we whether it's actually a piss or not. Why don't why do why is away? Why don't I give you the answer? And if he gets it wrong, you'll win it. Legend, let's do it. Right, hang on, I'll give you the answer. Okay. Uh, the answer is Amelia Fox. The answer okay. is Amelia Fox. Yeah. No okay. idea what the question is going to be. He's going back. Uh, so Simon, let me yeah. ask: Should Ronaldo leave the club, or should he ever play for United again? <clears throat> no. No. End of story. No. No. You're adamant on uh, that. Roy, no, Keane was de- Roy Keane was defending him to the hilt. I don't know where that came from. I adore Roy Keane, but he was talking total bollocks. Mm. Uh, that's what I thought. But yeah, I didn't think he made a very strong argument for it. No, he didn't. Uh, and the whole thing of uh, other players have made mistakes. What's that got to do with that? Anything? It's ridiculous. The question to win this second round of this immortal quiz, which of these actors has not appeared in The Vicar of Dibley? Oh, too easy, Simon. Come on, you're, you're handing it to him. I'm going to give you the three options. Peter Capaldi. Oh, for fuck's sake. Peter Capaldi, Keely Hawes, or Amelia Fox. <clears throat> Never watched that show, ever. Come on, John, you know. hasn't appeared in it. Who hasn't appeared in it? Is it Amelia Fox? Is it Keely Hawes? Or is it Peter Capaldi for the title? I think Capaldi's cheap enough. He'll probably do it. <laughs> Hawes' profile might have been high enough. So I'm going to say Keely Hawes. <laughs> is the wrong answer. Ado, who do you think it is? You've only got two uh, options left. I do actually know this one. Do you? Uh, yeah, big fan of the show. Um yeah, well, I actually still watch it on repeat a lot. Uh, it's Amelia yeah. Fox, isn't it? It's, it's actually Peter Capaldi. Of <laughs> <laughs> a bitch. No, it's not. You're right. It's Amelia Fox. You win. You win. You win. <laughs> so he's tied it up with one each. Uh, oh. that, boys and girls, is that. Point. Uh, so let's recap. Sky gave us our fashion documentary, which actually started uh, last week, Ado. Is that right? Well, it started on Monday. Yeah. Monday this week. Okay. Excellent. And it is called? It is called Kingdom of Dreams, a four-part documentary series about the golden age of the fashion industry, brought to you by the, the same books who made the acclaimed McQueen, which was the life of the fashion designer, Alexander McQueen. Marvellous young Brian Lloyd gave 17 segments of a chocolate orange to McDonald's latest offering featuring Farrell and Gleason, the banshee of Inish thingy Bobby Oak. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, 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 JC, you gave us the brilliant... Uh, Special Forces, Ultimate Hell Week. <clears throat> and Hell Week. Under the, under the next uh, season, Aiden will be uh, in the, for the final three. Please, God. What did you learn this week, lads? That when the pressure's on, I am sent running to the bathroom. <laughs> and you take your time, John, which clearly means you uh, washed your hands, which is good to good to know. Um, I learned that I, I know uh, surprisingly more than I ever thought I did about the Vicar of Dibley. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned, ladies and gentlemen, when talking about fashion and Ado, you were slanging uh, white trousers, brown belts, saying that we would make good backing singers for uh, Nathan Carter. Next week's guest, ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Carter. See ya! (laughs) 